I can't tell you how excited I am for our episode today, where I'll be chatting with the one and only Michelle Zeller Porum. She's a bronze coloring expert who has taken the hair industry by the storm with her business, Main Ivy, which we'll talk more about today. Let's say hello to Michelle Zeller Porum. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be joining you today. Yes. Hi, Michelle. I'm thrilled to be talking with you today. I admire you so much. And well, first of all, I admire your work. It's just incredible. But um, I admire what you, yeah, I admire what you give to the industry and stylists all around. Um, I just can't wait to hear more about your story and share your knowledge with all of the listeners. Me too. I'm excited. So thank you for having me. Of course. So first, I kind of want to know, where did your hair journey begin and where did you get started? Well, mostly I think growing up, my mom was really like the one thing I think from like until about 10 years old, my parents really struggled financially. And the one thing my mom would always spend money on was our haircuts. And it was funny because we would always become really close with our hairstyles and they became a friend of our family. And I just really loved the connection we had with our hairstyles and we would go in every six to eight weeks. And that was something that was special for myself to be treated and be able to get my hair done, get it blown out. And so from there on out, um, I still didn't think that the hair field was for me. Um, I thought I was going to get more into fashion. I've always loved fashion. And um, so I remember at 15 years old, actually I was 14 And I wanted to go shopping, of course. I wanted more clothes and I wanted to keep up with all the girls at school and have the right trends. And my mom's like, well, you need to get a job because we cannot afford this. So at 14, of course, you can't work. But I went into, it was like Great Clips right down the road. And I was like, well, it's fine. I can just like walk to Great Clips, work the reception area. I could talk to people all day long, watch haircuts walk out, which I'm familiar with. Like it was, it always made me happy to go to the hairstylist. But then also I could talk with people and wear whatever I want. And um, I went into Great Clips and I asked them, I was like, you know, I would love to have a job position here at the front desk, um, you know, and talked with a manager. And she's like, we would love to give you this position. And then she looked down at my resume or my application. She's like, you're only 14. I said, well, is there a problem with that? She's like, you have to be 16. And I said, well, I turned 15 in a couple of weeks. Would that work? She's like, I don't think so. So I kept going back like every week and just checking in. I'm like, is there any way you can check with like the corporation? Like, just give me a shot. Like, let me try at least a couple times and see if I can do this job. So they finally called me back in and allowed me to work at 15. I completely nailed it my first try. And I fell in love with just not yet thinking I want to be a hairdresser, but just the energy from people coming in and leaving and how they felt. And, you know, I was, that was a feeling I've had since I was little. It's just like this happy place for me. And so from Great Clips, I worked in other salons all the way up until I was 20, until I went to hair school. So I worked in like salon suites. I worked in the big salons in Scottsdale, um, salons that had more of established stylists. So I felt like I got to know the industry like the ins and outs from all different aspects, which was really cool. And I had no idea that this was a part of my journey. So um, at 19, when I graduated high school, it was like a year after, I didn't go to college yet because I hated school. My mom's like, you really need to figure this out. I'm like, I want to go to fashion school. And she just really wasn't having it because it was so expensive. Um, I had to go to LA or I needed to go to New York. 
And she's like, there's just no way that you're going to go to school full time and be able to afford in the, you know, to live in these cities. So I went to college for like three months because what else was I going to (laughs) do? And so I went and did that. And then I was like, this sucks. Like I am not like, I hate school and I want to do fashion. My mom just looked at me. She's like, why don't you do hair? You've always worked in hair salons. Why have you never thought about that? I was like, I have no idea. Like, let's give it a shot. And right when I went to hair school, like the first day of school, I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And like, Mm -hmm. I just fell in love with it. So that's how it all started. What a story though. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and also what's so cool about that is you kind of start, especially working, you know, receptionist and stuff like that. You started with the business side of things exactly before you ever even got into the love of, you know, the art of this industry. Wow. That's amazing. And that's what I um, tell like most stylists starting. I'm like, you really need to work in a salon as a receptionist before yes. you even go assist or even have a job because you really need to understand the clientele and what stylists deal with and like the complaints, because then yourself, you're going to be more confident when you're behind that chair, knowing how to, you know, respond or react to these situations. Yes. 100%. I have an assistant in my salon now that started at my front desk three years ago and she's now hair school, but she's the best assistant almost that I've ever had. I mean, and she may be the best. I, she just (laughs) knows everything. I'm sorry for my other assistants listening. You guys are great too, but there's no training on that, that, um, customer service and, and booking and they kind of know everything already. So you're exactly right. I think that's a perfect place to start. Um, I just, I'm amazed. And also you said, you know, about going to college. I, a lot of guests I have on here and then myself included, everybody went to college for like a semester or a few semesters. And, you know, just because that was the right thing to do and that's what people expect you to do. So I love that. Um, I think that like you said, that whole stigma with hair, it's like, that was one thing with my family. There's a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. So it wasn't really we weren't pushed to go to college. They figure like, you know, do what you need to do. And if it's not college, that's okay, but make sure you're passionate about it. And so that's how I felt on the first day of school. I was like, this is, you know, this is definitely the path I need to take. So I love that. So tell me you, okay. So you first got into school. What were your goals whenever you first started doing hair? And when you got out on your own, out of school, had your license, what were your goals then? Oh my gosh. My goals in school, right from the first day I told, um, I remember the owner, I, I was always up in his office, just like picking his brain about, I love the business side of the salon. And so I knew I'm like, I want to own a salon when I get out. I, I like being a hairdresser, but I love the business side of it. And, um, and a lot more of like branding and marketing that was always like a passion of mine. And so he's like, well, you need to start building up your clientele here in school. And so I remember like the first day I got on the floor, I went out to every, because this is like 20 years ago, if not more. And we had no social media. I barely had a cell phone at that point. And I went out with my business cards and put them on cars and like parking garages, businesses and tanning salons, like anywhere and everywhere. And I had a full clientele when I left hair school and I went right into a rental chair because I assisted during hair school um, for a Redken artist. So yeah, I went right out into a chair rental and had a full clientele right out of hair school. Wow. I hope anyone that's listening that 
is in school currently or thinking I'll go to school. I mean, like you said, you didn't even have it. Now they have social media. I had nothing. Nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where I started, where we actually took, I was telling one of my girls in the salon just yesterday, she's really young. And I said, I actually took cards to people. And she goes, oh, yes. business cards. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, like so, I'm gonna give you my handle name. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my Instagram. But I love that. I mean, so you, I mean, you're clearly a go getter. You were born that way. Um, yes, very much so. I guess. I mean, you said the expensive expensive clothes and the you were always into fashion. Is that probably what created your go getter attitude? Yeah, but I watched my um, uncle and my father be entrepreneurs and they were just go-getters. And I was always taught growing up really not having much at the beginning. And I saw like my dad and my uncle, we moved from Michigan here to Arizona and they started a construction company. And I just watched them work all the time for what they built. And I knew like I had nothing handed to me and I wasn't entitled. And I knew if I wanted something, I knew I was going to be something one day and not something as like, I never inspired to be like an actress or like to be known by people. I just wanted to be known to help others and ways to help them succeed as well. So I knew I had a special moment, but I didn't know when that was going to be. And it took a long time to get where I am here. And that's one thing I think I always talk with people in my classes. I'm like, this doesn't happen overnight. I feel like everything now in this world is like instant gratification. Like I want this now and I'm going to get it. Well, that's good, mm -hmm. but you have to have failures in order to succeed and just have some character to yourself. You know, like I just, you know, you have to go and you have to earn it, I feel like as well. Like you got to go through an assistant program and then you have to do this. You have to take those steps to be successful. Absolutely. I, I think it's so. hard for a lot of people. So. Oh, for sure. And to realize, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I own, you know, multiple businesses and I'm like, these businesses were built literally out of failures. Every single one yes. of them. <laughs> I love that and, though. You know, but they're not failures because it kept going. I think failure is only a word that you, you know, it's whatever you believe it is. And if you get up and keep going, there's no failure that can, you know, overcome you, I feel like. So I kind of get excited. It sounds so crazy when I do fail at something because I'm like, okay, the next thing's going to be even better because I learned from mm -hmm. this and now I know what direction to go in. Because, 100%. geez, when I got out of hair school, um, I worked in a rental salon for about two and a half years. And then at 24, I opened up my own salon and had that for 11 years. And um, it's so funny. The name of it is hysterical. It was called like back then it was very like rocker posters everywhere of like Hendrix and Zeppelin and there was chandeliers and it was just so like gaudy and crazy. And I called it Dolly Rockers and all my girls were dollies. Wow. And it was so, like, so cheesy. It's so funny. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, like back then it was really cool because no one really – was branding themselves in a certain way into their stylist and what mm -hmm. an experience is to go into a salon. I'm like, I want it to feel like an experience when they come in here. And, you know, after owning that for so long, and then we were ended up being in like Elle magazine, like three years in a That's row. Amazing. And we were this small little salon in Anthem, Arizona. Okay. Like it was a small town. <laughs> I love but it. What was the name of that salon? Oh my God. Don't, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to repeat this on it, <laughs> it was called Dolly Rockers. Get out. Okay. I, Listen, I love this that. Was like, this was like early 2000. Okay. So that right there just like clears it up. I swear there was like bedazzled belts. 
I think no, I think it's a total vibe. And I mean, you had a brand, like you said, you probably definitely had a brand at the time when no one else had a brand. And what even yes. was a brand? Well, we did like That's fun amazing. ads. Like we would go out and do crazy fun ads. Like it, and it just got all this attention for all the high school girls and the college girls and the moms wanted to go because their daughters were going. So it was just like <laughs> 12 stylists and salon were built within a year or two because it was just like an experience when you went. So it was, I knew I had to be somewhat obnoxious and it yeah. worked, but it's funny. Everybody wants to be a part of something, right? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's amazing. So do you still have your salon now? No. So that was a big turning point in my life. I had my son a year after I opened my salon at 25, 26, and I was a single mom. And my mom was um, a business owner with me as well. She took a big leap of faith of her and my dad opened the salon. She did the bookkeeping and I ran the salon. And um, mm. yeah, so doing that after 11 years, it was a lot. And it got to the point, it was a commission salon. It was a higher commission. We were all very close to me and my girls. So I was, I was lucky in that way of running a salon. I knew however I led is what kind of girls I was going to have around me. So it was really important for me to keep an amazing atmosphere, um, build these girls. And then when we, they were to leave, which is going to happen, and I'm okay with that, that they were going to be successful. And yeah. um, so at 11 years, I knew it either had to go rental or I needed to find a bigger spot. So every salon I would try in that year, I would go find a spot and it would like, right at the end when we signed the lease, something would happen. And I felt like, oh my God, this is it. Like I'm going to lose my salon because that building was getting sold to another wow. business and mm -hmm. everything kept falling through. And I was like, this is it. Like I did 11 years of this and I can't even sell my business. So this was one of the hardest points in my life. I just got married and I just found out I was pregnant. And now I'm finding out that our business is going to be sold, the building, and now I can't yeah. even sell my business. And that was my mom's retirement. So oh, you wow. can imagine swallowing mm -hmm. that pill, right? Like, oh my God, yeah. like, what am I going to do with this? So we were smart the next six months. My mom was always really good about putting money away. So she was okay. All my girls were built. And I said, okay, I'm done with this chapter. Um, I'm not going to find another spot because all these doors keep closing. And so I need to just take that as a sign. After we closed, um, I had my daughter and then I went into a suite and it was called the Boulevard. It was with two of my other girlfriends. And I'm just working day to day, not really sure what my next um, move is. And I started doing a ton of classes from Tracy Cunningham, right? When she came out doing classes, 901, wow. Chelsea Haircutters, and just really like learning the new ways of Celebrity styles never told anyone what they did, right? And now it's like, this is how you do it. Yeah. And so now I found a love for doing hair. And I was always good at it, but I like the business side of it. So after I yeah. was six months on my own, I was like, okay, I think this is where I want to head. Like, I want to educate. Like, I've always, since hair school, I would finish a full head highlight within an hour. I was always the person that would work the quickest, but I would get great results. I'm like, I'm sorry, but. I don't know how everyone's standing behind the chair, go to these classes and they're charging $600. I can't charge that and I can't have two assistants. So how do you make this like realistic for every other hairstyles behind the chair, right? Mm -hmm. And right. so that's what I started doing in that six months, really like figuring out, okay, I took all these classes inspired by all these amazing artists that I'm lucky enough to be able to go take classes from. Now, how can I make this my own? 
And that's when Maine Ivy started. I went and got my own suite, called it Maine Ivy. And then, sorry, I'm just like totally blabbing, like just talk, talk, talk. So no, if you've interrupted, you shall stop. I feel like I'm at church. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm, you're taking me to church, girl. Like you're speaking <laughs> my language. <laughs> Please keep going oh because I'm really I'm so passionate no, I, about it. <laughs> please keep going. I mean, I you are definitely hitting the soft spot on a lot of people right now, good, especially me. Good. So you keep going. Oh, I'm getting sweaty over here. Okay, I'm getting all worked up. All right, let me tell the story. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so when I started May Ivy, I was like, okay, there is a white space in this industry. First, it's how you work behind the chair. Second. Mm -hmm how pictures look on Instagram. I see a lot of great hair shots, amazing hair shots, but I don't see like the vibe or a mood from a girl, right? Like I want the full package. When I see that picture, I want to get a feeling from it, not just from the hair, but from the whole picture. And I want it yeah. clean and the backdrop. And I saw Chelsea haircutters. I'm like, he just has a white backdrop, right? And this is before I go to his class. I notice he has a white backdrop in his pictures. And I'm just more intrigued, not only by the beautiful hair he does, but by his brand. So before I go, I talked to my cousin and she's big PR in the um, beauty world. She's worked for like Tarte and all these big companies. And I called her because she's an expert. And I said, hey, I have this idea. I'm going to do Maine Ivy. I'm going to call my girls Maine Chicks and I'm going to use a white backdrop and I'm going to get the whole mood of them. I'm going to do a selfie mode because no one likes a picture these days. They don't have pictures taken like the way we did. They do a selfie mode. And that's how yeah. you really get like this personality out of them. I want to sell main chick. I don't want to just sell like just the hair. I want it to be an experience. And then she wrote, she told me back, she goes, well, why isn't it? Don't be a side chick with it. And I was like, oh my God, that is so good. Like, here we go. This is like a brand. So then I go to Chelsea Haircutters class and his name's Peter. And Peter's doing his class. He puts this whiteboard up. He puts his model in front of it and does selfie mode. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, <laughs> I, this is like I'm, literally looking, I'm looking at your Instagram photos right at this moment. Cause I'm like, Aww. this girl, this girl stood in front of a, a camera with selfie mode. Didn't, uh, is that how all of your pictures? Oh my gosh. Well, yes. lately I've changed it. The last two months I've actually gotten a real camera, which I was always against, but I finally did it. You see more of the color, that's why, of the hair. Yeah. But um, when I saw him do that, it was just like an instant, like, okay, this is the right path. This was like, I was supposed to see this for a reason. And I just went full force after that. And, I, and it didn't happen overnight. It was like, I kept posting these pictures that were different. And then all of a sudden, behind the chair, picked it up. Best of balayage. And then Casey and Brittany came about where I was um, for the One Shot Awards. And those two girls just like took it to the next level. And wow. I, it, it just, it was, I don't want to call it luck because I worked so hard and I felt it. I'm like, I know this is going to work, but it's just when. And so if I work yeah. really hard and really believe in this, why wouldn't someone else believe in this? And Absolutely. it just, here I came from crying in my bedroom for two days, closing my salon. My husband, like everyone had to leave me alone for two days. I'm like, I need to go in my room and I need to cry for two days because my mom's lost everything. I've lost everything. And I'm 30 something years old. I'm 35 years old. I just had another kid. I've missed most of my life with my son of, you know, of running a salon. You don't see them much. And yes. like, what is next? And then this happened. And it's like, 
I couldn't, I can't express enough to people that you're going to have maybe some more than others have many failures. But if you just keep going and really believe in yourself, because you can't force somebody else to, you have to fully be dedicated to it, believe in it and be passionate about it because it will show through eventually and it will happen. And it's just a little later for me. Absolutely. I mean, I took from that, that you just believed so much in your brand and your vision and what you were trying to create. And I love hearing that you said, you know, I had to go in my room and cry for two days. And, and I knew if I believed in it, someone else would eventually. And now knowing that, I mean, you've built an absolute empire. I hope, I hope that you know that. (laughs) It's, you know, you don't know it when you're in it, but it's, (laughs) you you never, it's nice to hear it from other people in ways of not like an ego part. It's just like, okay, like, wow, it really is a thing, but you just, I'm very humble. I'm a homebody. I'm all about my friends and family. So to me, it's nothing. I'm never, I'm always pushing myself to that next step. Right. Do you know, that's probably how you are, right? It's never enough. You're just going to the next thing and the next thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of a, like, I always feel a little bit psycho. Like, I think my husband might think I am psycho actually, but it probably does. I mean, mine does too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're always, you're just, you want, you want that success so bad and it's not, Success has nothing to do with, you know, money or, or the fame or anything like that. But it's, you know, making a difference and changing the game. And, and like you said, changing someone else's life. I love that about you. I love that. That's what you're about. And I 100% think that that's why your empire is so big and so strong. Thank you. Well, I love you, Tara. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I've admired, I've admired your brand from, you know, afar for quite some time, but um, I mean, now hearing your story, I'm I'm number one fan for sure. Oh, thank you. Um, so tell me, give me some advice that you would maybe tell someone else that wants to just get started oh, with, man. you know, like a, 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 any kind of platform, really. Um, just a social platform, hair platform. I mean, what do you? Yeah, like a social, any like a social platform. It could be education, but definitely in our industry, like someone that has an idea, like like you have, and you know wants to take it somewhere. What's your advice to someone that you know wants to just get started and and get going and create something? First off, surround yourself with the right people. That is like the absolute must for me because you're going to have many people around you when you have these ideas going in your head. You're like, oh, that's too crazy. That's too far fetched you got to surround yourself with the right people that force you to level up. Like that is like my number one thing. I have to have good people around me. Right. And you got to be the same for them. Second is you have to write down your goals. And I write it down to my long, even if it's far fetched, I'm like, okay, this is my 10 year goal. This is my five. How am I going to break this down to this year and then to each month? Right. So daily, weekly, I write down my goals for the week. And then each day I know how to break that down because what happens, I find that us artists, we're very much dreamers, which is a great thing. But Mm -hmm. the the downside of it is it's really hard for us to get there because we're so sidetracked by everything else going on that we really need to write it down and have it in front of us and check it off. So I think the biggest thing is writing out your goals, being realistic of you know, what you want and then breaking it back, you know, going backwards and figuring out how to get there. And so I always, I have my planner. I'm like so old school. Like I have to have a daily planner. 
and I write, I like to write it down and I like to check it off. The other thing is, right, don't say no to opportunities, even if you're scared. That is the only way I've gotten to where I've gotten is because I don't say no. And even if I fail at it, there's always something I've learned from it. And the other thing is, um, is just getting out there. You have to really just get in the industry, meeting people. And you know how it is. It's like you have to meet other people to get to the next person, right? And you just build these relationships. So yeah, um, yeah, staying true to who you are and your brand. I find it's really hard now. People want to go for something, but then they get so distracted by social media and the image they think they have to be being competitive with others that you kind of lose track of where you're going. So you have Mm -hmm. to, there's enough for everyone. So you have to do just you and we all get sidetracked, but that's where those people around you that force you to love up are going to tell you, no, 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 stay on track. You're doing the right thing. So just do what's best for you and it will come through. But if once you start getting competitive and you start doing what everyone else is doing, you lose sight and then you're just like everyone else. Right. But the right? Like I know that's so cheesy. We all it's say just do you, but it's just the truth. It's like no, it's, it's, it's the, the truth. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I always say when you stay true to yourself, you have no there's no competition. No one can be you. That's it. And you're being authentic and people love that. Absolutely. I love that about you. That's amazing. Tell me how a little bit um how you juggle, you know, life between main Ivy education program and just life in general? I don't. <laughs> I love that answer because that's the, that is the most that's real it. answer I have ever received. Thank you I for that. People, right? I love when people say something like, you're so full of shit. You don't got it all figured out. I feel I like, love you. Right? like, I feel like once you get it figured out, then everything goes to shit again. You're like, damn it. I got to reevaluate everything again. The one advice I can give, I'm hot mess express over here, but I get shit done, is (laughs) I feel all out of sorts if I'm so consumed by work and I don't have that time with my good friends and family. So the one thing that works for me where I can get more control of my life is by creating boundaries with my phone and work. So then I have quality time with my family and I can't stress this enough. And it's something I talk about in my classes. We are so consumed by our phones and by our clients. We want to please everyone else, but not the people that are going to be there. Cause this all can go away, right? It all can be gone by tomorrow. And I'm always aware of that, but I always have my family and I have my very good friends I've had since childhood. So Mm -hmm. I put when I, in the morning, when I wake up, It's like I take a shower, kind of just have my alone time. This is like an hour before my kids are even up out of bed. I do my workout and then I sit on my phone for about 15 minutes to 30 minutes and I go through my DMs. I engage whatever I need to do. Go to work throughout the day. If I have breaks, I'll go through Instagram and engage and then also get back to my clients since I do my own appointments at night. This is still one of the hardest things for me, but I'm getting really good at it is right when I get home, I'm always home for dinner. That is one thing I stop as night clients and I don't work Saturdays. It's really funny how your clients can somehow skip out on work or whatever to get in for a hair appointment instead of you working your life around them. I won't do anymore. 
I love I my love clients that. and they respect me now because I've set my boundaries with my clients. This is when I answer my phone. This is what I do, right? Yes. So yes. when I get home at five, I have dinner with my family. My phone's put away, okay? When they go to bed around, my husband's wake up really early. So he, we get the kids down about 8, 8.30. He goes to sleep and then I stay up for the next hour and I work on Instagram again and I work on all my emails or phone calls. That is my time. Any other yeah. time is with my family because what happens, you pick up your phone and then you go down that rabbit hole. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even check my messages because I'm just scrolling. Well, that's just, that's not okay because now all your life is about that damn phone instead of like right? what really matters. So I find that I put out my best work when I give myself boundaries with my phone. So that's the only thing yeah. I can say. That's the only way I can um, have balance in my life if I feel um, okay with my family and my friends. If that feels out of control, everything else is out of control. I love that. So, that's and I have a, a team behind me now too. So I can't like, Listen, Janelle, you guys have probably spoken with her. My sister-in-law, she's my manager. She started a year and a half ago and I have a social media girl because I think everybody's like, well, I want that. I'm like, it took steps because you have to pay these people. So I knew at the beginning, uh -huh. like, okay, I'm going to give this away, but this is more quality time with my family. You know, Absolutely. and it allows me some time. And I think with social media, if you're going to hire somebody, you have to make sure they're your voice. You can't just mm -hmm. go grab somebody else. So I have Avery. She's one of my main chicks. We became really close. We were so similar. I feel like she's my daughter. <laughs> and yeah, she just knows we go over our captions. We go over everything. And now I just trust her. We meet every other week. We go over, you know, all the content and I let her take it over. But we have that voice of Michelle in her 20s, not in her 40s. <laughs> and yeah. she takes that and it works. So it just took time to get there. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Yeah. I love that was such a real answer. I mean, I'm, <laughs> balance is just, it's not a thing. It's just really not. It's not. Um, I can't stand that. Like, listen, someone's going to become a millionaire when they really, truly figure it out. It's just, <laughs> not it thing. always changes. Life changes all the time. And I'll tell you, I've asked that question a lot to, you know, very successful people. And, and I always get... The, for the very, from the very successful people, it's, I have a team and balance is not a thing. It's how bad do you want it? And I'm like, yep, that's, the that's truth. exactly right. That is, that is exactly just the right. truth. Yep. I love um, so tell me one of the last things I want to ask, what's your typical day look like? Just an everyday life and Michelle, everyday, you know, yeah, life and Michelle's day. I want to know um, what oh, you man. do from sunup down your routines okay my routine of a work day i wake up at 4 30 have a cup of coffee work out here at my house at five then yeah right after that i do like my all my engagement messages get in the shower get ready for my get my kids ready off to school eight and eight thirty get into work for my first client at nine um then i have four to five clients a day i double book but I just started that and I don't work with an assistant. So I have two clients in the morning from nine to one thirty, two clients in the nine to one and then one to five. And then I'm home by six. And then I get home, cook dinner with my husband, hang out with my kids, have dinner, get everyone down, answer the rest of my messages. And that's that. And that's Tuesday through Thursday, Fridays, meetings, Saturday and Sunday, it's just like at the park first thing in the morning with my daughter or we take the kids fishing. Like we just, 
We just try to be outdoors with them and hang out, even if it's just at the house, cleaning up around. I'm just a homebody. And if we do anything, it's like I have four of my girlfriends from grade school that I'm still really good friends with. And we just hang out as families. So I have, a, I have a tight little circle and it's just people that I just adore and trust completely. And that's just who I'm with. So yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm kind of boring. <laughs> no, you're not. You have it figured out. It's what you do. You're so well, tired from work. You know, the weekends exactly. you want to chill. Exactly. Yeah. My weekends are gold to me for sure. Right? Yes. I want to know. So you um you always say no two mains are the same. Um, and that's the a concept in your education. When did you decide that you want to share your knowledge with others and make um this jump in your career, like with that, that slogan, like, how does that work into your education? So no two means are the same. I was so over people coming in and they show that typical ash blonde. And I'm just like, that's, and it's always someone with like a level three. I'm like, it's not going to happen. Or it's a yes. blonde already and their hair's bright off. I'm like, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> what I've always thought is healthy hair is pretty hair, right? But also right. your complexion. So I tell them like, just because one blonde is ashy doesn't mean that your blonde has to be ashy. There's so many different versions of blondes that could be right for you. And that's why I always say no two mains are the same because they're like, I want that color. I'm like, well, it's not going to be that exact color because they have different undertones in their hair. They have different undertones in their skin. Like, let's give you a custom color for you that you can rock and that's your own thing. So yeah. that's kind of like where I came up with it. And that's what I tell people in classes. I'm like, I'm so sick of people saying they're scared of warmth because what is warmth? Like what's warmth to you and what's warmth to them? How about your skin? How about healthy hair? Like, let's talk about all the things that are really important, how you get compliments on your hair. Nobody with Ashley blonde hair walk around broken off is getting compliments or that stylist is not getting referrals. Right? Right. So, yeah. So. No two means are the same. I say to every client, they show me a picture. I'm like, no two means are the same. You're not going to have that, but I can get you something similar to it and custom. I love that. So, Genius. So true. Yeah. You always get the Pinterest photos with the filters and I'm always like, that's a filter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or exactly. A or a wig. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to the Kardashians. We always get those pictures that are oh actually God. wigs. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Even especially the platinum blonde one. I'm like, that is a wig. Okay. And that's an expensive wig. So yes, a good, really good wig. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You always say work smarter, not harder. Um, can you elaborate on exactly what you mean by that phrase? Yeah, just like going back to my point when I started education, I'm just going out and watching other artists. I just noticed that, you know, it was $700 services with, um, you know, two to three different assistants, which nothing wrong with that, like all props to them. That's amazing. But I knew I couldn't do that. And I was so sick of trying to do a thousand baby lights over someone's head. Like I literally want to stab myself in the eye if I have to do more than like 50 foils. Okay. So <laughs> that was one yeah. thing that I got into. I was like, okay, how can we make this work for a realistic stylist behind the chair? How can it be relatable? Right. And how can they get these colors done that they see in the magazines? Because a lot of it I feel like beginning, no one was like doing less foils. Now you see it all over the place. It's like, no, you only really need few foils and you leave more dimension to be able to get these pops. So, and yeah. then also for your clients to be able to go three to six months, you've got to bring that natural through. 
So Mm -hmm. that was one thing. That's when I knew I was going to start educating. I was like, I'm going to show people how to work smarter, not harder by be able to work on their own and be able to do these colors within 45 minutes to an hour. So that's kind of where I came up with it. Yeah. I can totally relate. I actually only book 20 minute colors and that is my rule. I love it. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. I do lots of extensions, but 20 minute colors or, you know, application time is all that I, I do. And I always, that's what I tell my students. I'm like, I promise I can create that same look that you're doing in two hours and 20 minutes. (laughs) Especially with extensions. It's like, let me just color the top of your head and let's let the extensions do the rest. One, which is about, nice. and it's better for people's hair. Yeah, yes. it's like all my clients have really healthy hair, and I think it's just because of the the few foils and not all the lightning, and you know, using what they have on their head as their natural color. And you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of knowledge in that, and I love that you're educating that way because I feel like that's something we really got away from about you know five, six, seven years ago, and so the natural look is totally my thing. Well, isn't it like when a blonde comes in, I want to be blonde. I'm like, listen, if you got two sheets of white paper right next to each other, nothing's going to pop. But if you put something, a color behind it, it's going to pop. So let's do less blondes and add more of that lower. You're just your natural throughout. So that's when you get compliments. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So tell me what's next for you. What's next for Main Ivy and, you know, what's coming up? Well, we have a big secret project coming out next. I hate even saying it, but I don't want to jinx myself, but next year. Um, So I'm really like, this is kind of is my end goal, like what I've always wanted to get to. Um, But before then, a lot of, I'm going to go back on tour with Dom next year. And I'm going to release actually two new online education courses here in the next two weeks. I love it. So. Yeah. So I'm yeah, excited. I've got, get, I've got to get to one of your classes next year. And 20, 2020 has been put a damper in those classes for sure. It sure <laughs> did. <laughs> and um, I don't like although, Zoom. I can't do Zoom. I'm like, it's just, yeah, did a couple. It's it's, oh, it's isn't it awful? <laughs> I, well, and I just love that old school interaction. I have, I, however, you know, I've taken all of my education and all of, a lot of everything digital. And it's been a blessing in a lot of ways. Yes. I miss people. I like, I can't wait to go to even just, I just want to hug people and you know, I'm not even yes. a hugger. So. Oh my God. I love you even more. Right. And my mom, I, I was always raised like from the Midwest. You got to hug people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we hug people. So I'm going to do that. And I don't even know if we can in 2021, but I'm going to anyway. I'm going to hug somebody. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I always ask, I always ask people on this podcast, what about stereotypes? This is something, you know, we always talk about in industry and I feel like it's something that lingers in our industry, but I want to know, do you have a story of your own that you've ever, you know, felt embarrassed about being a hairstylist or ran into being considered part of that stereotype? I mean, yeah, I heard it a lot, especially when I own a salon, I would have young girls come into me and say, you know, I really want to do what you do. I want to be a hairstylist, but my dad is so against it. He doesn't think it's a serious career. And I said, well, that's, you know, to each their own. With any career that there's success, there's also people that are not successful in it. And very few are, you know, at that time, back when I was doing it, were successful in hair. I said, there's a lot to it, but I tell you what, I can make more than a lot of those lawyers or whoever that are out there. 
you know, it's mm-hmm. just up to your dedication. But I've never, oh. I've never been embarrassed of being a hairstylist. I've actually been very proud to be one because I just didn't let that define me, right? I, it, it's up to the person, the individual and what they do with it. And so I guess that's why, I mean, look, it's funny. I have, oh gosh, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but (laughs) it's somebody, a family member, I always remember saying that one of their daughters wanted to be a hairstylist and they didn't want them to be. They want to make sure they went to a doctorate school or a chiropractic because hair wasn't a serious field. And now they look at it and they're like, oh my God, you're traveling, you're teaching these classes, you're making this, all this kind of money. I said, Uh pretty funny, huh? And I don't have a huge loan to pay back. So, and it was the, I think that was, it's so awful to say, but it was like one of those moments and I was kind of like, see, like you made it, Michelle, like you did it. Like, no, it's all up to you and what you do with it. So no, I've just, it's never really gotten to me. I'm I'm happy with who I am and what I do. And the people that judge are usually the ones that are insecure. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that's, I mean, that's, and my next question, I was going to ask how you handle those, but I think that's exactly it. That's how you handle it. You should be proud of who you are. And, and yeah. of course, I know you, I know you have to be proud of what you've created, but you're right. It's exactly what you put into it. It is with any career and any job. Absolutely. So, yeah. So tell us, I want to tell everyone, of course, where they can find you on social and also how they can um, get into your education program. Yes. So Instagram, main underscore Ivy, and then um, mainivy.com, our website. And we have all of our online education on there. Um, So we have three different classes with the Casey, Brittany, and the Kelsey. And now we're coming out with two more classes here in the next couple weeks. And I also have tutorials, especially just for like consumers, for um, the main waves, three different curls, and also um, the selfie mode picture taking on there as well. Mm-hmm. And those are small classes. Those are only like 15 or $25. So those are great ones just to kind of for like an intro and then yeah. you can get into the others. So yeah. So mainivy.com. I love that. Michelle, I'm just honored that you, you know, came and talked to us today, but I'm honored that you were able to tell your story. I am, again, I was such a fan before, but now I'm, I'm your number one fan now. Oh, thank you. I love it. I love your story. I think you're so genuine. And I mean, you're just a wealth of knowledge. And there's so much that other hairdressers can take from you and learn from your journey. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for sharing everything that you have. Thank you for your platform, Tara. And thank you for having me. It's incredible for you to do this for other stylists, because we all need to hear it and just see where other people come from. And just it inspires us and let us know it's okay if we're on the right path or not. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to episode seven of We're Just Hairdressers. I'm Tara Harville reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is attainable. Mm